Asian collection here at the National Gallery of Victoria gives an amazing insight into ancient and contemporary Asian cultures, from everyday life to a world of magic, mystery and mythology. So Wayne, we're standing here with two of Yoshitoshi's prints. Would you like to tell us a bit about Yoshitoshi as an artist? Yeah, well actually he was um, the master of drama, suspense and, and action. And these are two works from his most famous series, the 36 Ghost series and the 100 Views of the Moon series. And we see this piece here, it's, it's quite scary looking, the theme of it. Um, to me it looks like a witch on a broom. Well it's actually a, a demon and her name's Ibaraki. And she had her arm chopped off by a young oh. warrior. And she's gone back to retrieve it from him, disguised as the warrior's auntie. Okay. Deceives him, grabs the arm, and then jumps off and flies off into the distance. You can see she's got the arm in a sort of demon-like claw right there. It's pretty scary stuff. This piece here is quite beautiful. I mean, it's very detailed. The fox, what's the significance here? With the full moon, the fox is looking at a reflection in the river here. Mm. And she's just about to transform herself into a, a beautiful young woman and then go to uh, deceive young travellers passing by and perhaps okay. play tricks on them. This reminds me of the Japanese manga comics and animations. Mm, yeah, it's good that you mention that because yeah. actually the word manga was invented by a Japanese artist okay. about 50 years before these works were made. His right. name was Hokusai. You wouldn't happen to have any of those works, would you? We do, we do, but you'll have to put the gloves on. Oh. Be Michael Jackson for a day. <laughs> so looking here, Wayne, what do we have here in this manga? Well, in Japanese and Chinese stories or, or uh, folklore, long-necked ghosts were one of the most scary sort of things that you could see on a summer's mm -hmm. night. And uh, you can see a great depiction of these extending necks. This one sort of coming over and viewing a man playing a, a banjo or a mm. Japanese shamisen. And, uh, and then you've got this very strange three-eyed goblin here with an optometrist who's designed a pair of three <laughs> lens glasses for him. That's quite interesting. And here we have people sort of fighting against a very strong wind and the problem that you have when you're carrying a, a pile of paper or a bunch of papers and trying to struggle against an autumn wind and you can see the maple leaves sort of blowing by here and this woman's lost her umbrella and she's losing all of her paperwork as she's walking along the street. Mm. Well, it seems, Wayne, that Japanese manga is a mixture of everyday life and, and supernatural fantasy. Yeah, well, they're a window into historical Japan so you can mm. see everything about daily life and mythology and stories and, and, you know, problems and funny situations. Yeah. Well, Wayne, I'm getting a bit nervous holding this, so I think we're going to give it back to you. But thank you for letting me hold it. That was a pleasure. I mean, he made them for people to look at and enjoy, this so is... it's great you could do that. Great. So there are many supernatural beasts that can be found in the Chinese tombware gallery. Do you want to tell us about this beast, Moya? Oh, well, this so-called beast was made for burial, to guard a tomb of a dead person. And it's not made for the living, but made for the afterlife. Because Chinese are very obsessed with long life and immortality. They wanted to live forever. So people create a lot of these uh, objects to accompany the dead for the use in the next world. Sure. Yeah, and this one is a guardian. Yeah. And that's why it looks so ferocious. Yeah, yeah. And you can see also look very alive. 
Yeah. To be honest, I've never really seen anything like this before, Moana. Don't, don't you reckon it looks a bit like Yoda from Star Wars? Well, I guess it could be, but I think mm. it reminds me more of the Egyptian Sphinx, ah. you know, outside the pyramid. Yeah. But it's interesting that there's this connection. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the ears there. Why are they so big? Well, I think it looks a bit like elephant. It could be, as a guardian, mm. he has to be very alert to the slightest noise, you know, in case sure. there's an intruder who breaks the tomb. To protect break in the, the tomb. tomb, yeah, yeah. But also to make sure that the dead person does not escape. Wow. To make trouble for the living. <laughs> Never would have thought about that. Yeah, that's probably more important. Yeah, sure. <laughs> of course, this is only for the upper class. So not everyone got a guardian like this at their tomb? Oh, no. No, OK. So do you think I would get one of these? Well, I hope for a long time from now. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly I woke. Everything around me changed. So, Carol, I've been looking for a Buddha all day. Is this a Buddha? No, this is the Bodhisattva Avalokiteshvara. It's a what? It's a Bodhisattva, which okay. is an enlightened being who, instead of going to Buddhist heaven, mm. decides to stay on Earth and help humans. The many arms and the many heads show that Avalokiteshvara is a supernatural being. He's yeah. like a superhero. How many arms? In this form, he always has a thousand arms and eleven heads, and that okay. means that he can help a lot of people with his many sure. arms, and he can see all the suffering that needs to be helped. Definitely. And how was this made? Uh, this is made from bronze covered in gilt or gold. Okay. Yep. And it was made by casting. First okay. of all, uh, a wax model was carved. Yep. And then a mould was put over that and liquid bronze was poured into the mould wow. and created this one-off sculpture. Yeah. Yeah. This would have been lodged in a, a Buddhist temple. Sure. And it would have been on a special shrine okay. uh, where water offering bowls were placed yep. and offerings of fruit and incense and yeah. devotees could come and pray to the in god. In Tibet? Uh, this China. is probably in a Chinese temple, Chinese temple, but it's in the Tibetan style. Wow. You know, as we grow older, mm. we're all afraid of death. Mm. But Buddhism offers us a solution to this. Okay. Because to die is natural. Mm just as natural to be born. Yep. So once we're born, we have to die eventually. But Chinese art or painting or even literature never deal with death. Okay. It's not lucky. But here the artist is very creative. He does okay. something that's very original and challenging. Mm. So the bird is repeated four times. Okay. The first one, the baby bird is crying very sad. And then the second one, as we go up, scream. But actually the more powerful one is the third one. Yep. Very quiet. Realize the bird is really dead. Okay. Yeah. And then the fourth one, accept it. Yeah. Accept as something being natural. Yeah. And so the bird is used to express human emotions. Yeah. And that's the way Chinese painting is. Use something else to express something else. Well, I definitely can see that.